the other morning in morning meditation, I asked if anybody had a suggestion for uh, a topic and somebody suggested this. And so I said, okay, I want to talk about it. I'll talk about impermanence, which is a really important uh, practice or a really important understanding. And it's one of the three characteristics of existence uh, in Buddhist teaching. So it's really very, very primary. And uh, I also... Um, and, and I talked about that, but I, I kind of was meandering through it. And so I've given it some more thought. And I think I want to talk not just about impermanence, but the idea that impermanence equals change. And and uh, the bigger picture of, of, of what that even means. I think oftentimes when we, when we talk about impermanence, it's kind of right here. And it's because we've experienced something ending or have... Uh, uh, there's there's oftentimes it's used as a throwaway line, especially in people uh, with Buddhist practitioners of something something comes to an end abruptly or or something good ends. It's like oh impermanence, you know, oh impermanence. Get used to it. But just to that's true, and to be aware of that because that change can be uh, uh, pain. Uh, oftentimes it's painful when we lose something that we care about that work a person passes away or or something happens that ends something that we were attached to um there's there's some pain around that but to have a deeper awareness of the constantly shifting changing experience that's that's happening on multiple layers so that's kind of where i want to end up and also somehow bring John Lewis into this talk because he passed away last week and he is one of my heroes and he talks about change and so I wanted to bring in a piece of that um, and I and I yeah I talk about I've talked about him a lot in Dharma talks over the multitude of years I've been teaching and so I, I thought it would be um, selfish of me it is selfish of me but I thought it might be might somehow fit but also because I um, I really um, I uh, I honor his memory so so he's, he was had such a profound influence on me that I want to just really honor that and I think it might make it work we'll see um, so, you know, talking about impermanence, uh, I do an intention setting at the beginning of every year where, and it's just kind of one of these, uh, organic, uh, uh, intentions that I've just allowed to arise. I do some meditation, some practice. Usually it has been with a group of people. And what my intention was this year, just coming up spontaneously was, I wanted to become much more comfortable with impermanence. The 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 uh, Pali word is anicca. I wanted to be comfortable with anicca, impermanence. And I'm like, oh man, this was the year to learn how to become uncomfortable with impermanence because um, that's what I'm not saying. That's not what this year is all about. But this it has been writ large the changing nature of the world we live in and these changes have come fast and furious they're like you know it's it's almost you can't keep up you can't keep up sometimes um with all the things that are happening 
And I think it's not that they don't happen anyway, but they they seem to have such import right now. They're so big and so impactful in so many ways that we're really aware of it. And, and tremendous impact um, the changes have had. And and uh, remembering that all things, you know, the teaching in Buddhism that all things are all conditioned things are impermanent and everything we're we're all conditioned beings and every everything around us is conditioned and so um it's been a real deep dive in this into this world uh change is everywhere some things are so solid yet this they've kind of disappeared i mean they they're not solid because we can trace things back to their beginnings and what just popped into my mind was like disneyland i mean there's no Disneyland. I mean, that's one thing, but stuff like that, things that we take for granted that are solid and are always there. It's like, oh, I, we can go there or we can do this or this is present. And then you go, oh, no, we just can't because of the pandemic, obviously, because everything shut down with the pandemic. Everything changed and and worldwide everything changed. That's the extraordinary part of this, this great shifting. Um, and so what we thought was solid, we see is like taken away or is gone. Um, some things are just not going to come back. Some things are gone. You know, the, the big thing right around the beginning of the pandemic, when the shutdown was happening, we, everybody was talking about normal. I want normal back. And there's no such thing as normal. It, it's what we're used to in the moment. It's what we expect to happen. Um, we expect when we get up in the morning to do this. And, and I expect when this class is over to that to happen. But there's no guarantee. We get used to living in a certain way, but we have to have this awareness that everything is in flux. Everything is in change. And so to think that there's a normal that we're going to get back to is just going to be a place of disappointment. So to recognize that, that there is no normal and what is present is what's right here. That's why this practice of mindfulness is so incredibly beneficial and so important because it allows us to tune into what's right here. What is the experience in this moment? What, what am I feeling? What is real? What's happening? What's not happening? What can we do? And to have uh, an ability to be loose and not so attached to this needing things to be a certain way. That's the, you know, I point to this again and again and again. So those of you who sit with me are tired of this, but the folks who originally went to the, the, um, the government buildings with their guns saying, we want haircuts. That was the inability to be with this change, the inability to have those uncomfortable feelings that come up with change. Because sometimes change is, oftentimes change is uncomfortable. My friend, my friend has a, a, a song. She's a, she's a performer and she hosts a, 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 what she calls Uncabaret and she sings this song and it's, the song is called Change. Change makes us so unhappy, but we've got to change to be happy. I mean, you have to let go in order to move into what's coming. It's when we hold on to stuff that we really intensify the suffering. That's the attachment, you know, that clinging. 
to cling is to suffer. That's what the Buddha said. It's the source of our discomfort, our stress, our dissatisfaction is this wanting to hold on. So if we really recognize that holding on is is going to uh, cause us really a lot of um, um, unnecessary aggravation and dissatisfaction if we can wear it loosely and just go you know what everything changes I'm going to enjoy what's here I'm not gonna not do things because I know they're gonna change so I'm not gonna commit to a relationship or commit to a job because then you get into this why bother place which is which is pointless because you you're missing out on the moment you're just focused on what's gonna happen in the future so to recognize that um, everything changes and to not hold on so tightly. There's a, it, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, um, it's some of the, the basic teaching of the Buddha. And what is it the Buddha said? Um, Understanding the truth of the impermanence through direct experience opens the doors to insight. So when you understand impermanence by experiencing it and it just really truly being with the experience of arising and passing away, that's that's the the opens the door of insight and in the what they say enchantment and illusion drop away. And by enchantment, Tara Brock talks about us becoming entranced with things we fall into the trance of whatever it is the trance of you know being a good partner or um, having shiny hair or driving the best car on the block or whatever the trance is that we're what we're, tr we're trapped by when we see that this clutching something that is um, gonna just kind of disappear we're just setting ourselves up for suffering and so to enjoy what we have when we have it but no it's kind of you know okay it's going to go away and part of this the way we do this is the five remembrances if you're, you're familiar with those it's um, we are all of the nature to grow old get sick and die and everything we have will be taken from us and all we have are our actions Everything, you know, so not and actually not all of us grow old. Some of us die young. You know, we're older when we than we were when we were born, but we're we're um, not all of us get to a ripe old age. Some of us die younger. So but we're all of the nature to die. And, and everything we have will be taken from us. So these remembrances, monastics reflect on these every day. And it's sometimes, you know, when you first move into this or first hear this, it's, hear this, it's like, oh, my God, that's so morbid. Again, with the with the Buddhism is so morbid, of, you know, reflect on death, you know, reflect on everything going away. They're suffering. But it's not what it is, is reflecting that this is this is the human condition. This happens. This happens whether you want it to or not. So the more comfortable you can become with this experience of arising and passing away, the more ease there is in this world. The more ease and tranquility and joy you can have. 
because you go, yeah, because you're attuned to what is right here, what the present moment is. And there's so much joy in the present moment. There can be. There can be pain. I mean, if you that's why I do the gratitude practice, and I invite you to think of something simple that you can be grateful for. Because it doesn't have to be grandiose. I did a gratitude practice this morning in the morning meditation, and I read from a book, uh, Awakening Joy by um, James Barris. He included a, a, a gratitude meditation by a woman, Patricia Ellsberg. And it's like, be grateful for the breath. Be grateful that you can smell. Be grateful that you can hear. Be grateful for the mind and your consciousness so that you can consider different things, that you can think. And sometimes we get so... Um, wrapped up in the world or our lives that we forget to be grateful for the ability to have a life. Um, you know, so I, I've often, or in my life, I have poo-pooed. Somebody's like, well, be grateful you can, be grateful you can walk. And I'm like, whatever. And it's like, yeah, so gratitude is important. So seeing what you have, being in the moment, like we just harvested some corn this afternoon, about an hour and a half ago. My husband planted corn, and I've, I, I'm, I'm not a farmer. I don't do that. I mean, I'm not a farmer anyway, neither is he, but he plants tomatoes and corn. And, and, we, and there were three really beautiful ears, and I'm like, I can't wait to eat those. So there's tremendous joy in this moment. The corn wasn't there two months ago. It wasn't there a month ago. And then it came, and we'll eat it, and it will be gone. But I'm not going to say, oh, we only have three ears. Uh, I could easily do that because there's that place of lack, or we can be with the present moment and experience the joy. That I, I love corn, so it's like I think half of my food groups, the other half is potato potatoes, <laughs> so potato chips and corn. That's it for me. Um, so I'm extremely happy about that. So find the joy, even though it's going to go away. There's a cherry season is happening right now. I love cherries, but cherry season will end. It always ends, but I am going to, I was just like, you know, cherish when it, cherish it while it's here. So that present moment awareness and mindfulness is so important and it's tied in with the teaching of impermanence and change it's so important it's so absolutely important to really experience the um uh or or really have the embodied awareness or embodied experience of impermanence and so that's why when you sit, sometimes you want to see, oh, the sound and sounds are the best because you hear the sound coming and then it gets louder and then it goes away. That's arising and passing. I was I was noticing that when I first sat down and for, first started the sit that it was really, really warm. And then I noticed later that it was cool. And it's like, oh, it cooled off somewhere in there. I didn't notice the beginning. I didn't notice the end, but I noticed there was a change. So that's why change is another way to look at impermanence. It changed. Um, so that's the 
as the Buddha said, the understanding the truth of experience of impermanence through this direct experience opens the doors to insight. And this this delusion and this this en enchantment drop away. Um, so it's really important to note that change happens on a couple of different levels. And change happens on a, on a powerful level, uh, excuse me, on a personal level where there's life and death and ending of relationships and jobs and our, and our pets pass away and, and different things happen. So there's this, this, uh, coming and going right now. There's probably a lot of change and impermanence that you're experiencing, um, so much that you wouldn't have a hard time pointing to something in your life that has shifted in just the last five months. And there's probably going to be a lot of other things that are going to be shifting in the next several months. So, um, just even how we go to the store, wearing things on our faces, that's a shift. And now it's like the new normal. It's up, you know, we need to have normal to have that ground beneath us, which is fine. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, there's the absolute and then there's the relative and the relative is what, how we get along day to day to day. And it's not that we're bad to think that way. It's just recognizing that this is just how we move through the world, but anything can shift at any time. So there's the personal, um, and sometimes it's even longer than just what's happening in our life. We can see the changes. Like I saw a friend the other day that I hadn't seen in many years. And I, I noticed the changes, the aging in him. He's got this big gray beard now. Didn't used to have that gray beard. And he's got a little bit less hair. And then I'm thinking, oh, and he's probably seen a bunch of changes in me as well. Because sometimes I see them and I don't see me. And I go, oh, no, there's changes here too. And so there's the longer change. And every once in a while... I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was going for a walk in my neighborhood and I saw an old, old man and he was kind of just walking up the block with a cane. And I, and I stopped for a minute and I went, I wonder if he was in World War II. You know, did he fight at Normandy on D-Day? So just that this, this thing, this stuff that we don't often think about, but what changes has he experienced and so we can start seeing a broader change. Um, we can so we can see history around us. Even it's paying attention to this is so helpful. It's so important. And then there are these um, large scale changes, such as climate, the climate change, the shifting that's happening right now. Um, the rise and fall of civilizations. I'm an archaeologist. I have seen, I studied this stuff. And so, you know, um, we excavated a city in Syria that nobody knew existed. So it's like changing history. And then we said, oh, this city was not just mythological. It actually existed. Um, and so that, you know, there's all this city disappears and then people forget about it. So there's this great shifting in things. And then, um, 
that this is this is kind of where I was thinking about the the John Lewis stuff is a lot of times right now people are talking about um, when we're talking about social justice and social issues talking about um, not seeing enough change quickly enough and I hear a lot of people say I get frustrated because I want want things to change and they're not changing and so why should I even bother and that question is like because you know I saw you this morning Maggie in um, this there's a there's a gentleman called Reverend Jim Lawson who has um, been teaching nonviolence for 70 years close to over 60 years and he worked with Martin Luther King and John Lewis and C.T. Vivian who also passed away last week and he and he was training teaching them the principles of nonviolence which is which was really underscored a lot of the a lot of the work that was done in the 60s the sit downs and the marches and things and um, he said you know when you have a, a system that like the system we have in the United States that has been established over three or four hundred years it's not going to be dismantled in a few decades and we want it dismantled in like um, is tomorrow soon enough so recognizing that things although things are impermanent and they will change they sometimes take a long time and we will not see the fruit of that in our lifetime but we do it anyway it takes a steady stream of work it takes a steady stream of work um, because it's bigger than us that's what this is this quote I have a quote from John Lewis and he says use the words of the movement to pace yourself we used to say that ours is not the struggle of one day one week or one year ours is not the struggle of one judicial appointment or presidential term ours is the struggle of a lifetime or maybe even many lifetimes and each one of us in every generation must do our part and if we believe in the change we seek then it is easy to commit to doing all we can because the responsibility is ours alone to build a better society and a more peaceful world so things are impermanent everything changes but not on our timetable not necessarily on our schedule but that doesn't mean we don't move and act with this awareness of change and impermanence that it will happen if we set the intention to move in that direction and then and around the teachings of the Buddha the uh, ending suffering you know being the Metta Sutta says we um, uh, uh, I'm going to paraphrase because I can't remember it exactly but it's like we we greet all beings with kindness omitting none you know young old short tall um, seen and unseen born and unborn all beings omitting none we come to with loving kindness and compassion and so it, to get to a place to get to a society that looks like that there's a lot of work to be done and that's what you do so that is the there's change on a micro level and there's change on a macro level I was thinking about mountains even that's a that's a big level I learned in grammar school that the mountains that are kind of pointy like the Rockies that have these jagged cliffs those are newer mountains but the older mountain ranges that um, 
have had a lot of erosion, like I think the Appalachian Mountains back east, they're older because they're, the, the, the peaks are much, much less jagged. They're much more worn. And so even things that have been around for thousands and thousands, I don't even know how old these mountains are, a long time, they're impermanent. You all know the, the, the theory of Pangaea, where all the continents were one and they broke up. So even, even that, these continents are impermanent. So everything changes to know that at a cellular level and to notice how we are oftentimes so averse to this that we don't want it to be that way. We want it to be different. We fight, we kick, we scream. We do as much as we can. We do whatever we can to not have that be true. And that's where we cause our suffering, clinging. No, it must stay this way. I must keep it this way. My way of life can't be questioned. It has to be this way. You know, the less we hold on, the less we suffer. And the Buddha talks about, or, I, or Joseph Goldstein talks about in his book, Mindfulness, we have to be aware of the process of impermanence, how things are just coming and going rather than the particular content. But just, just the shifting is always happening. And the more you can really just allow that awareness to be part of you, to like drop into that, there's much more joy in the moment. There's an ability to you know, experience the, the perhaps the, the grief from loss, but know that that will pass as well. So joy will pass, grief will pass, sadness will pass, happiness will pass. Everything comes and goes. It's those eight worldly winds, praise and blame, gain and loss, pleasure and pain, comes and goes, easy come, easy go. No, sometimes hard come, hard go. But um, that's, those are my thoughts around this idea of impermanence and um, change and um, let's see if I have any other, any other things that must be said. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.